Intuition goes before you, showing you the way. Emotion follows behind to let you know when you've gone astray. Anthon St. Martin. what's up and welcome back to the coffee talk podcast for today's video we're going to be doing a cosmic brew i'm actually so excited to talk today guys i'm just gonna like kick my feet up real quick get comfortable because today we're going to be talking about one of my favorite i guess discoveries you might say ever since i started getting more into my spirituality and that is the discovery of the higher self so there are so many topics that i want to talk about when it comes to the higher self there's so many things and areas and avenues of this that we could dive into from just like how to stop getting in the way of you and your higher self, how to strengthen the bond between you and your higher self, which we're kind of going to talk about today. But just in general, I figured that the best way to start was to scratch the surface of what even is the higher self and how do we connect to it? How does it differ from our souls? How does it differ from our ego? Why our ego is still important? And all of those things are going to be things we're going to be talking about today. Now, I used the term scratch the surface for a good reason, because truly this is really just going to be scratching the surface. And this is also what I have come to know from exploring my own spirituality. I think the biggest and the coolest thing about talking about things with spirituality, that was Bentley. One of the coolest things about discussing things with spirituality is that your spirituality journey, what you believe in, the things that you come to know and explore with your own curiosity in this whole field or dimension really, is going to be subject to you. So there might be things that I say that resonate with you and then there might be things that I say that don't. It's not necessarily to say that what I'm saying is true or it isn't. And I think that's what I love so much about spirituality and in general is that it's really just one big giant question mark. It's humans trying to make sense of something that I don't think we are we can actually make sense of in this dimension. But again, I'm going off on a tangent and that could be a talk for another time. So let's start first with what exactly is your higher self? So your higher self is really just the highest level of you that can be attained while living in your physical body. And a good example, or just to give you more kind of context to that, while you walk around in your physical world here in the third dimension, your higher self is really the all-knowing observer, the one that's seeing out and knows the highest level at which you would be able to live on or turn your frequency to while living here in this third dimension. And so when you can get quiet enough and when you can really tune into that version of yourself, that highest frequency of yourself, that highest version of yourself, your highest consciousness in a lot of ways while being here on earth. I mean, again, this is where your belief can come into play. Some people believe you can reach enlightenment. Some be people believe that you can evolve into your highest self. Some people believe that you are talking to God or you are one with God at that point. There's so many different pathways and it's so interesting to see how different cultures, different religions and different traditions and things that just date back so far 
how everybody has kind of found their way to explain really what that is. And that's why to me, whenever I do talk about these things, I always say God, the universe, whatever you want to call it, because I call it something different all the time. Sometimes I call it God. Sometimes I call it the universe. Sometimes I call it my highest self, but really I just think it's tuning into that frequency that yes, is your highest self. It's your wisdom. It's your all knowing highest level that you can be at. But I also think that it actually brings you back to that source. It brings you back to the original source in which your energy came from. And it just kind of tunes you right into that frequency. So in order to even give you a little bit more gravity, let's say with that, if you wanted to contrast that against something else, if that was what your higher self is, your lowest self or your lower consciousness is the side of you that is always in survival mode. Not you in particular, please don't take this personally. I just mean in general, it's like when a person is tied into physical things, when people become materialistic, when people become just really in that mindset of lack or scarcity in a lot of ways, because that triggers such a survival instinct in our bodies as humans, it really downgrades our level of consciousness. It tunes us out of the highest frequencies. And that's when I think, you know, people start to show off maybe sides of themselves that they're not so proud of. Holy, I wanna go on a tangent so badly right now. Can I do it? Am I allowed? This might be a long coffee talk, guys, I'm sorry. But this is why I've come to believe that every human really deserves a chance to be kind of understood or heard, even if they're different from yourself. Because I really think that when you look at life that way and when you look at people that way, everybody has the ability to be a good person. Everybody has the ability, in my belief, to ride that highest frequency, to be their best version of themselves, to tune into their higher self and really fulfill a purpose here on earth. But I think that especially in our day and age and in our era, lower frequency thinking and tuning into the more material world and how that really just kind of not only turns people down, it turns down people's vibe, turns down people's frequencies. I love cosmics. I love that we can talk like this. And puts people in that lower state of consciousness, which then everything they're doing and saying really comes from a place of survival and it's never actually anything personal against you. And that's why I really do think that even when people make mistakes and they make wrong choices, this gets iffy because I definitely think that there's some things you can't come back from. But when people make mistakes or when people wrong you or when people do things that are really, really hurtful, I think that a lot of the times that really just comes from a person that's stuck in that lower frequency that's stuck in their lower state of consciousness. And I find it really hard to, I guess, blame people for that. And that's my own thing. But anyways, that was my tangent about today's world in particular. And the thing that freaks me out a little bit more, not freaks me out, let's keep that energy light. The thing that also has been brought to my attention when I think about this is the fact that we're even taking now younger generations and introducing them to that lower state of frequency a lot earlier. For instance, I'm a 94 baby. So when I grew up, the internet came around right about the time I was a teenager. So up until that point, I had never really been introduced to what anyone outside of my bubble was really doing. I didn't know what people were doing on the other side of the world. I didn't know what kind of gadgets or toys or things or accessibilities or lifestyles they were living. So there was nothing to really be jealous of or compare against, or there was no trending thing to need or, you know, trending gadget to have like the latest tech, the latest this. And I think that that has been brought to my attention when I think about where we're at in the world, because I just, yeah, that's why I think that it would be really cool to use these things. Cause these things are not 
bad things, you know, digital things and all of that and trending topics and all of those things are not necessarily bad things. I think it's just when we don't use them for good, we should be instilling this kind of higher consciousness knowing um, in younger people and in our societal world and in our cultures so that we stop wanting things and wanting kind of material gains and really coming from that place of ego and then instead are able to use these things as tools to actually tune into our highest frequency. So that was my tangent. That was not part of my notes today. Um, and I digress. So what exactly is your highest self for? Again, this question is really kind of hard to answer. I'm going to scratch the surface a little bit, but in a lot of ways, I want to say first and foremost, chicken or egg, because that's kind of comes into play here as to why your higher, what your higher self is for, because is your higher self really for you or is my higher self really for me? Who's to say like what one, you know, it's just, that's when you start getting into questions that we really don't have answers to. But I would say that in terms of what your higher self could be purposeful to you for and why it's important to look into your highest self or to start exploring that relationship with your higher self is because I really do think in my experience and in my belief and just in general, the more that I've explored my higher self, it really adds more value, more depth to life, more meaning to your life. It really helps you get the most out of what you're doing and not in a way that is again coming from that egoic state of, I wanna get the most out of it to fulfill me or to fulfill like, that sense of validation. It's more to get the most out of things and in terms of having deeper connections with people in terms of even living alone and being alone to tune into the moment, to tune into the present and to be able to feel the abundance and to feel the energy that's around us all the time. And it's, it's all here. You just can't see it. In a lot of ways, the higher self is quite like gravity. You don't sense gravity, but there's something that's holding you down towards the ground right now. Otherwise we would all be floating everywhere. The camera would definitely not be focused on me. It would be off in the corner and I'd be over there and Bentley sleeping would just be hopefully in a safe place because I would probably find a way to save them. But really the highest self or your higher self is there for guidance and wisdom. I want to fix that. I can't say that that's what it's for, but I, cause I don't think anyone can really say that, but I, I would say that that is something that you can use it for. That is something that you can gain value out of if you decide to deepen that bond and that relationship with your highest self. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. So this is where things are going to get a little tricky because I'm totally going to put in my own personal belief and just my own curiosities about the difference between the highest self and the soul. But I would love to hear your guys' point of view on this because again, I think that this is where things get really textured and really cool because different people have different perspectives on this and I really love hearing about it. But what is the difference between the highest self and the soul to me anyways is that I believe our souls came here with an experience that they needed to fulfill. So for instance, my soul would have decided that I was going to be 
female that I was going to go through the high times and the lower times of my life, it would almost kind of pre-pick out an experience. It wouldn't necessarily matter what the details were. And this is where things get tricky, where it's like, where does free will come from? I do believe we have free will. But I think that, for instance, my soul came here, much like how you can't see gravity, my soul would have came here and needed to experience, for instance, this is really personal, but my soul would have come here needing to experience almost that not having that a uh, female attachment at a young age so that I could then turn to something like YouTube, which would have brought me right to where I am today and helped my spirit evolve and help my life really grow in a lot of ways. Like, yes, that is a really hard thing to go through. And it's still, it's always kind of that sore wound of the soul, but that sore wound of my soul also brought me to what I do for a living. And it brought me to evolving within myself, to explore myself, to want to understand people more, to be able to be more compassionate towards other people. And that wouldn't have happened if my soul didn't have that main experience. Now that experience, if it hadn't have been the role that it was in my life, it could have been still experienced through my own free will, but things would have aligned that maybe I would have had detachments in being able to bond with other females at school or being able to bond with sisters or it could have put me in some sort of life scenario where I would have felt the missing component of that type of female but also in my case it was more of a mother motherly role missing or that deeper connection there missing that's just an example but your soul may have came here and needed you to experience embarrassment it could have been hardship it could have been loss it could have been a lot of different things but also good things as well but basically the soul comes here to learn lessons in order to evolve closer to that higher frequency in order to push us or hopefully push us to use our free will to choose the right thing to learn our lessons so that we can keep evolving and growing closer to our highest self you get what i'm saying now this is something that i used to have really big trust issues with like even up until recently and this is something that I used to talk about a lot with my therapist who is like how do I know the difference between what is my higher self speaking to me and what is my ego like when I'm in a situation or when I'm in a moment and somebody's speaking to me and I'm like oh my god what choice do I make like it's almost like you're playing like a video game and it's like okay I can use I can choose to say option a b or c and you're watching somebody talk to you this is anxiety by the way this is not something you actually should do and I know that now, but this is my social anxiety that I'm explaining to you. And someone's speaking and clearly I'm not listening because I'm thinking about option A, B or C that I'm going to say. It's like, how do I know the difference between what, how do I say what my highest self wants to say to this person? The biggest problem in all of that is that all of that came from a place of fear. And that is always how you'll know the difference. Your ego is always coming from a place of fear, of lack, of scarcity or of survival. Now, Really quick, I need to give a moment of shouting out for the ego though, because I think that one of the mistakes that's commonly made when people start to explore spirituality, and I made this mistake myself, is thinking that you needed to rid yourself of the ego. And I, I do know that from yoga philosophy that that is a lot of the focus there, but we are actually not all living in Buddhist temples able to rid ourselves of the ego as we meditate for 20 some hours a day. Most of us live in a civilized or in civilization and in societies where we actually need our ego because our ego keeps us safe. And when you're walking down the street at night and something happens that kind of triggers that survival instinct, that is why you need your ego. So a shout to the ego for a moment because I do think that it actually plays a really important role. Again, something I can, I should talk about another time because I know we've been talking for a while already today, but 
something that is a bit of a downfall from living in today's world in today's time is the fact that our egos are usually a little bit more stimulated and triggered. A lot more people tend to suffer from anxiety nowadays, a lot more people, and that I think comes from both things, that stimulation of wanting to feed the ego and triggering as the ego feels a flare up and feels like it needs to save you and then it puts you in that state of fear, lack, scarcity, survival, etc, etc. So really in a lot of ways if you want to know the difference between when you're being guided by your highest self in life and when you're being kind of pushed by your ego is it's going to feel the difference of being guided by a sense of lightness, a sense of abundance, a sense of love, a sense of compassion, a sense of openness really in a lot of ways uh, versus being pushed by a sense of fear or a really, really, really good tool to sharpen is your ability to make your mind-body connection between noticing when your fear does start to flare up. So something you guys can read if this is something you want to do is I just finished the Audible original with Mel Robbins, Take Control of Your Life, but she actually focuses so much on this, on how to notice when your body starts to flare up. This is also something that I've come to notice and come to understand within myself through going to therapy. It was It really is just a matter of, and you can ask yourself this, in the moments that you feel triggered, that you feel fearful, that you feel anxious, what sensations do you sense in your body? What sensations or senses do you feel? Do you get burning red cheeks? Do you get an upset stomach? It's usually anywhere along that, you know, that line, that chakra line that you're going to feel something. You might get like a rock in your throat. You might get a headache, heavy heartbeat or a tightness in your chest. There's so many different things. And when you're sensing any of those things, even slightly, and this is why it's so important to to really build that mind-body connection is because you can sense it even slightly. The hair on the back of your neck might rise a little bit. You might start getting irritable. You might just notice that you're feeling a sense of urgency. That is usually a sign that it's coming from the ego. It's not a bad thing. Your ego is just trying to keep you safe. You just need to remind your ego that you're safe and find some time to kind of root back down, get quiet again, calm your fears, and reattach or reconnect to that highest self. Attach was a bad word there, by the way. I won't go off on it because we have things to talk about, but don't attach to it. And here's the thing, the difference between the ego and the higher self as well is that your ego will freak out when things are going wrong. Your highest self can stay calm in the eye of all the chaos. Your ego will have a very fixed mindset on things. Fixed mindset meaning that it'll be like, well, that's just the way it is. Like you know, life sucks, things aren't fair, um, this won't change, There's, I've done all I can do here, there's no possible ways to move. It's very dead-end thinking versus your higher self will have a growth mindset. So even if it feels like a dead end, it might think, well, best start to trail a new path another way, or, well, this sucks, but at least I'm learning this, or it'll just find a way to really use all life experience as a sense of growth rather than as a sense of stagnant energy and feeling blocked. And that comes from the ego, that comes from fear, that comes from, oh my God, I'm stuck here, and then freaking out. Another main difference between your ego and your highest self is that your ego 
tends to be judgmental. And this is something that I think a lot of us don't like to admit about ourselves because we all like to think that we don't judge people, especially people close to us in our lives and things like that. But realistically, it's actually something that is embedded in all of us, just like our ability to think and dream. And the reason why, again, that mechanism is there in our brains and that judgment is there is to be able to judge, is this a dangerous situation? Again, though, when you have that judgment turned up and you catch yourself judging the actions or choices of of people around, you or judging strangers you don't even know, that is the ego, versus your higher self is compassionate. So your highest self might not agree with situations. It doesn't mean that it actually um, like gives its power away. It really just is compassionate, is able to step in other people's shoes, see things from their point of view without discrediting your own beliefs or your own sense of just respect in a lot of ways. So even if someone kind of wrongs you, your ego will judge them and will never want to forgive them. Your highest self will see them for who they are or why they hurt you, not take it personally, not agree, be able to compassionately even forgive them, even if it's something that was never even given an apology for, and also have compassion for yourself on how you were affected by this action, but doesn't judge. It just takes it again with that growth mindset with like, okay, how do I, how do I evolve from this? How do I grow from this? And then last but not least, the difference between your ego and your higher self is that your ego wants things fast. It wants short-term gratification versus your higher self will be able to withstand a little bit of discomfort. It will be able to push you or guide you in a way that knows that it's going to get something long-term that's more gratifying, even if it means more discomfort in the present moment. So if you're trying to make like a life decision, let's say, and you're like, I don't know if it's my ego guiding me or my higher self, you'll know because your ego will want you to feel comfortable as soon as possible. It's going to try and take you out of danger as soon as possible, which is why a lot of the times when we think from our lower consciousness and through our ego, we play life really safe and we stay really small. Um, And we think really small, we make small movements, we don't really actually make big lead way on our dreams, our goals, and what we really truly want, even if we feel we're in alignment with it because we're acting out of our ego and our ego wants to keep us safe and comfortable as quickly as possible or all the time. Your higher self will be be able to understand, see it from an observer standpoint, think longer term, pick the right decision for whatever you're trying to figure out with your life, even if it means a little bit of discomfort, even if it means a little bit of hard work, because it knows the right choice in the long run for you. So how do you get in touch with your higher self, which is the most important part really, right? Because if you want to start living your life hand in hand, best friends with your higher self, then you really have to start exploring. And that's my biggest, I would say, advice, because I can definitely give you examples and I'm about to give you guys some examples for sure. But again, this is so subject to you. You might have actually already had moments in your life, which is probably a good place to start thinking back when you felt like you were in tune with that higher energy, that you were vibrating on a higher frequency, that things were in alignment for you, that you just felt like you were acting from that place of your best self. Think back to then, how did you get those messages? What were your clues? Now, personally, I I like to get really quiet with this and I, I feel like this is something that 
universally would make sense actually for most people to get in touch with their higher self is to find some time where you can stop doing and you're just being, which is a really hard thing to do in today's world. But it's to really turn off all the distractions, turn off all the doing, lose that sense of, okay, I have about 30 minutes to do this. Like that is still in that doer mindset. You really need, you need to punch out some time to just be not distracted, to be able to relax into wherever you are, into the present moment, to really let life kind of quiet down. And then once it does, you can close your eyes, you can keep it open. This is where it's gonna start to get personalized to you and that's where you can have a lot of fun with this and go get really curious and play around with this like a few times in a row and see what worked and what didn't. I really do find journaling helps with this too, um, but I'm getting ahead of myself. So now I find visuals to be really helpful for this. So I like to close my eyes. I usually will put on noise canceling headphones because I find that actually really helps too, taking some senses away. Um, and then I go to this place where sometimes I'm in a forest, sometimes I'm in my happy place, which is by the water in like Prince Edward Island. I have like a couple different places that I like to Im imagine inside my mind that are very peaceful. And then I like to picture my highest self. Now you can picture your highest self however you want. If it's easier for you to get that connection by seeing a person, then you can really visualize yourself like a very ethereal version of yourself. You can also picture yourself as just or your highest self as glowing, abundant energy that's around you. This You could do that even with your eyes open. There's so many different ways that you can get creative with it. I think that the visualization helps me because it makes me feel that stronger sense of connection. And then once that's there, it's almost something to sink my teeth into or hold onto as I try to get answers. Um, but I've also spoken to my higher self at times where I wasn't visualizing and my ears weren't covered or I've been in like stadiums or in festivals where all of a sudden and I'm just like talking or having like a dialogue with my higher self. So it's really kind of, sometimes it, I think it happens serendipitously where you just kind of happen to tune into it. And then other times you almost need to stop, slow down, and then slowly move your dial into the frequency that you're trying to tune into. And how you move your dial and frequency will be subject to you. So this is where things get really fun because if you use a journal, for instance, and this I specifically like to do if I have questions or problems or something that I'm really struggling with that I'm looking to turn to my higher self to, if you write down your question, you might notice instantly a gut reaction and track that because it is important. But this is again, something that I used to get really messed up with when I first started dipping into my higher self meditating and using my higher self to guide myself in life um, was I would take that gut reaction and then look at it and be like, okay, that must be the answer. But again, you need to be aware. And this is so important that you might flip back and forth between a few frequencies while you're trying to do this. So your gut reaction, which is so embedded in your body before it even has time to hit your mind, it might be coming from past beliefs, past experiences, past memories, past things that are being triggered by this question, and then putting you into that fearful mindset, that anxious mindset of, oh God, I need to keep myself safe. So if you're asking yourself a really deep question, for instance, and then your gut reaction is like, oh, that doesn't feel good, that is not your higher self sending you a bad message or like a bad omen, that like don't go this way. A lot of the times when you ask yourself just like what is the difference between my ego and my higher self, that's just the ego who's also in the room by the way, just sitting in the corner being like this could be a really bad idea and you just need to be like okay I'll note that. You stay over there in the corner though because we're hanging out over here like no offense. You can stay in the room 
but I'm over here with my higher self and we have things to discuss. So note, note your gut reaction, but then take another breath, take some more time, close your eyes, breathe in deeper, go back into that being mindset, go back into that higher frequency, and then just notice. You might get your message in a variety of different ways. Like it can come as a feeling. It can come as a sensation. It can come as an idea. It can come as a word. It could come in a song. It can come in a memory. And I find this one to be so interesting because if you're doing this and you're asking a question and all of a sudden, this has happened to me many times, a memory pops up that doesn't make any sense. Like it doesn't seem to be connected to what I'm asking at all. But why is my brain thinking it? So you note it down, right? And then it might take a few days or a few weeks, but once you start to learn the language of your higher self, you'll be able to start decoding what it's trying to tell you. For instance, that memory may have given me a similar feeling to what I'm looking for through this question. It might not have anything to do with the details of the memory and everything to do with the feeling of the memory just as an example. Now here's the other interesting thing when you start working with your higher self is you might not get your answers right away, especially if they're really deep, long, kind of like, what do I wanna do with my life questions. It's also super interesting if you start paying attention to your dreams, if you start paying attention to where your mind wanders when, it get, when you give it free space to roam. Just start paying attention to these things when you notice certain patterns going on within your life. Because in my belief, it's not that these patterns are seeking you out. Your brain is tuning into them. It's tuning into that frequency of a pattern. And that can happen with time. That can happen with deja vu. That can happen with so many different things. And it's not that there's this outside energy that's trying to get at you in my belief. It's your brain picking up on energy moving around you and thinking there's a pattern here and there's a pattern or a connection to something here, especially if that feeling when you notice deja vu or when you notice synchronicities in your life, um, if you get that like tingly butterfly feeling, or you might get that like, you know, the ego in the room is like, this could be really creepy. Like we've watched a lot of scary movies where this shit ends with us dying. You know, so again, you just gotta keep aware of that ego screaming shit from the corner because you might also notice frequencies that are trying to or, or could send you a message through your higher self, but just don't look at it through the filter of your ego because he'll try, she'll try. We can't, I don't know, we can't personalize the ego because it's you, but that side of you will try. And a quick tip if you're kind of just first starting to dip into your higher self is to really, I would start with yes or no questions because this is such an easy way to get in tune with and to start building that connection or, and this is also important too, because I want to say this has also happened to me. If you feel you've lost that sense of connection with your higher self, go back to your yes or no questions. If your answers are seeming a little complicated, if you're starting to get a little too confused, you're flipping back into that doer mind and that's going to cut you off from the magic. So really just bring it back to yes or no questions because you're going to get that instant kind of like response, like yes, no. That dualistic type of question is going to make it a lot easier to jump rather than try and find the answer on a scale. And then the more you build that connection out, the stronger that connection gets. You can start tuning into maybe the more detailed version of the answers, the more, um, like you can start picking apart and teasing apart things that you're, you're hearing or that you're downloading really. Now, one last thing to note, if your answers come out very wise, very compassionate, very in tune with something, if they create some sort of bodily response that makes you excited, the butterflies in your stomach, the like goosebumps up your skin, the like a smile on your face, um, that sense of feeling 
odds are it's an answer from your higher self. Even if it's an answer that you're not expecting, and this is one last point that I should probably scream again from the corner, just like the ego does, that you might not expect the answer that you get from your higher self. And that is a really important thing to know as well, because if you flip into judgment mode, again, you're turning off the magic. So if you ask your higher self a question and it gives you an answer that you don't like, that is you making a judgment. That's you saying, I, this is a bad answer, or this is a, I don't want to do that. And that judgment instantly puts you back into that lower state of consciousness and cuts you off from the magic. So you really have to keep an open mind and stay curious and keep that growth mindset and just be like, oh, that's what the higher self thinks. And if you guys need an example of this, it's like when I was deciding whether or not I wanted to leave Toronto, the feeling and the energy that I got when I decided yes was just like, okay, yeah, that feels really good. That feels really good. But then I would have these moments where I would be like, like, especially when I got back from Bali and I was like, look at that CN Tower. She's beautiful. And then I was like, how am I going to leave? And then I would have that moment of like feeling like I was trying to force an answer out of myself. I'd be like, wait, are, are we sure? Are we sure? Are we really sure? but that is the ego screaming from the corner and that are we sure? And you're trying to almost kind of force an answer out of you. Like this, the, like look at the CN Tower, just keep staring at it. Maybe then you'll get an answer that you should stay. And that type of forcing, that type of, you know, kind of resistance is coming from the ego. So again, to you'll, as you build the connection out, I've said this a million times, you'll be able to decipher the difference between those two things, but it's just something to be aware of because I feel like, as I got into this world and even up until recently, like I still find myself sometimes asking my higher self a question and then almost trying to force an answer or to force the answer I want it to say and to create or to think that like, okay, it's up to me. I, I need to manifest what I want to manifest. So like, Hey, like what should we do with our lives? And then I'm writing down ideas. Like that's not the concept here. You need to really toss it up with trust and then you will get an answer. And if it's an answer that shocks you, just stay open-minded to it because that is coming from your higher self. And that that is coming from the part of you that knows the highest vibration at which you could literally live your life on and that you could obtain while living in this physical dimension and in this physical world and as you, as you are today. So there you guys go. That is everything I know about the higher self and everything that I, I can say in terms of learning how to connect to it. I hope that you guys got something out of this. If you guys have any kind of ways, regimens, or types of like rituals, I guess I might say, to dipping into your higher self. Also let me know down below because I love hearing it and I think it's so cool to try out different ways. You know, it's like opening up a different door, calling into a different line to try and reach the same thing. So yeah, let me know down below. And aside from that, I love you guys to the moon and back. Thanks for hanging out with me today. I hope you guys all have a great day and I'll talk to you guys in the next Coffee Talk. Bye guys.